and just nothing. I, I can't actually say what it is. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. And just being free from it. And so I build everything that I do around this book. And I think if, if any entrepreneurs haven't read this, then they should do. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I'm delighted to be able to bring to you a guest who I've been listening to for at least three years now, and I've listened to so many of these episodes. And I remember, actually, I got a kind of imposter syndrome-type symptoms listening to him because... I love podcasting and I love connecting with amazing people. I love that the listeners get value from these episodes. But when I hear somebody who's as charismatic and so great on the mic, I used to think, hmm, am I really up for this? Am I really good enough to share my voice? But as I always say, we all have our own gifts and we all have our own styles and perspectives. So it's with great pleasure that I bring on this guest, David Ralph, who has his own podcast, which I absolutely recommend you all listen to, where he interviews entrepreneurs. And although this isn't necessarily an entrepreneurial podcast, one of the things and lessons that he was able to teach us in this episode, I think is very important. And it's about acute burnout. And it's about how sometimes we're just spinning our wheels and we're just like a hamster stuck in a little wheel doing the wrong things over and over again. So I guess it's a bit of self-awareness, but also putting things into perspective in terms of recognizing are we doing the right things for ourselves or the things to move us forward? And again, the whole premise behind Find Your Voice is to help you do exactly that, to find your voice and write your own story in the best possible way, learning from the mistakes of others, overcoming the adversities that others have been through, to know that you still have the power in your hands to control your future. So without further ado, let's get this amazing interview on the way. Okay, I'm delighted to be able to welcome David Ralph onto today's episode of Find Your Voice. David, how are we doing? We're doing very well. It's it's an absolute delight to be with you because I know, fortunately, I had you on my show recently and we had a good time, didn't we? So I'm looking for at least as good or better. Shall we raise the game? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to try my best to obviously raise the game today. So David is somebody who I've actually been listening to for the best part of four or five years. So I wouldn't necessarily bring I'm so someone sorry, onto the Aaron. show. I'm so sorry <laughs> that, that you've got nothing better to do in your life. <laughs> but at the same time, I found a lot of value as well, which is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you onto the show. And I thought your story kind of, it's interesting because Join Up Dots, you interview entrepreneurs and you look at the business side of it. And even yourself, your story, which we're going to discuss very shortly it's one of those breaking from the norm, breaking from the nine to five to do something for yourself and find your voice. Although we kind of look at the adversity side of what people go through on their day-to-day basis, the underlying theme is still the same. So I'm very eager to obviously hear your perspective in terms of the lessons that you've learned and how you've come about finding your own voice. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us why you gave up that nine to five and tell us about the life that you're doing now, because your life right now, I know listeners are going to be listening to this and they're going to think, 
I want that life. I want to just be sat behind a mic, entertaining people, making them smile throughout the rest of my days. And then I can not worry about money and I can do all the things that you mentioned on your podcast. Why I did it, I have no idea. Looking back, um, I was in a very comfortable job. And I think so many of us get to that point in a job where it's kind of too comfortable. And I used to be a trainer and I used to stand up doing um, insurance presentations and conferences. And they used to say, we need you to teach the office subsidies we need you to t- talk about British lock standards and security measures and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I got very good at taking a subject and making it really, really entertaining so that the staff liked it as much for the, the content as what they actually learned. So we did money laundering, like who wants to be a millionaire? And and we, I was big on that. And I started enjoying myself massively as the presenter, but hating every part of my job away from it. And so I bought that classic book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And when I was reading that, I thought, I'm going to do this. Did this, did Mr. Ferriss. I salute you, I said, and I'm going to do this. And I got to page 44 and the energy just went out of me because I knew my life was never going to be the same again. And uh, so I did. And I became the poster boy for the four-hour work week. And if nobody knows what that's about, it's pretty much about looking at your productivity, looking at your hours. And if it takes eight hours to do a job, does it really need eight hours or can you compress it into three and blah, blah, blah. And I did that and I freed myself from the office. And I used to just come in and do my presentations and then say, I'll see you later and I'd be gone. And my productivity went up and the management team thought it was wonderful and everything was good in my world. Then the management team left and a new manager came in who said, no, we're having you at the desk eight o'clock and you're not leaving till five o'clock. And that is when you think, hang on, I've seen a different way. And so once I'd seen a different way, it's very difficult to have that taken away from you. And so I said, right, screw you, I'm leaving. And they said, no, you're not going to leave. I said, you watch me. And I did. And uh, I walked out. And then from then on, I'll be honest, there was about three years of absolute mad scramble where it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, And that's where we are now, Aaron. And um, my whole business has, has got me to a point where it is easy now. And my lifestyle is easy now. And the money I earn is amazing. But I don't think you can just go from there to there. Do you, I I think there's got to be, the dots have to join up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to touch on that very, very shortly. So just a few things that you mentioned there. So firstly, you were in a position where you're finding it too comfortable. Now, listeners listening to this, are probably thinking, isn't that the life? Isn't that what we all want to kind of find, i.e. being too comfortable? But I echo your sentiments on that because there was a transition point in my career as a project manager when I was working in London where things were too comfortable. I could literally go in, do an hour and a half a day. The manager would be fine thinking I'm working really, really hard and get my paycheck at the end of the month. And it was actually a book for myself as well. And it was The Power of Purpose by Les Brown. So it's interesting you had Tim Ferriss's book and then I had Les Brown's book that the moment I read it, things just were never the same again after that. And I sometimes say it's a gift and a curse because ignorance is a bliss. Before I knew this personal development journey, it was fine just getting that salary and getting drunk on a Friday night. I used to get drunk on Friday nights. We we didn't end up sleeping together or anything, did we? <laughs> I just want to make sure because they were they were pretty heady nights back on those Friday nights in the city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about our private affairs there, David, because God knows what went on a few years ago. But In terms of your transition then, so these three years, these are one of the things I wanted to bring you on for because you mentioned acute burnout. So could you maybe tell us a little bit more about how that journey happened, maybe some of the mistakes along the way, 
and the true, true side of actually getting the life that you've got now. Yeah, it's online business is very, very simple. And it is. You've got something that you can offer and somebody comes along who really wants that and you make the sale. It's, it's really as simple as that. Now, we obviously, we overcomplicate it and we buy email marketing courses and click funnels and lead pages and God knows that uh, until we have like a system that is operating that this is going off automatically and that's going off automatically and something drops off and you don't realize it's dropped off and so your sales go down and then suddenly you realize Anyhow, I went into Join Up Dots thinking that I had to create this kind of online empire where everything was automated and everything was a system. And I got to a point where I was just juggling too many things. And I was not only trying to support myself financially because I wasn't earning that much in the early days from Join Up Darts. So I was I was hustling. I, we used to talk all the time about the old hustle muscle and doing what you need to get by. And I'm a great believer in that. I still think that there's a lot of people that think, you know, it's going to be easy and they can just, you know, transition. And there's a certain point where I say, leave the ego behind. You know, I remember being this corporate guy standing in the um, offices of London and stuff, doing these presentations. And then three months later, delivering curries to people's houses in the evening just to get a bit of cash through the door. And I always thought, oh, please, please don't open the door and it be somebody that I used to stand in front of, you know, because they would go, oh, your life, oh, have a tip, have a tip because your life's gone so poorly. But when we look at it, what we actually do, we create a world of misunderstanding. We forget that ultimately our only job as an online business person is to appeal to a target demographic, your niche. And I have gone through numerous niches and I have got one now which is extremely profitable. So all I do is I podcast and I say to people, look, I can teach you how to create an online business that doesn't need all the other stuff floating around. Very, very simple. We'll then drive a ton of accurate customers to you. And then what I do, I, I talk to them just like this. And I say, hi, Aaron, it's nice to meet you. How can I help you? And I chat and I would say probably 30% sign up for my courses. 30% say, yes, I am going to sign up for my courses. And then they disappear and you never hear from them again. And then 30% say no. And it's as simple as that. And I make a very good living. Now, where the, the issues are is when you try to go for telephone numbers because there has to be a flip side. You can scale. Of course, you can scale and you can do things where multiple people are buying the same things. I do that. That works very well. But I believe that the biggest value that I provide is one-to-one. And so at the at the beginning of the year, I pretty much say, look, how much do I want to earn this year? And then be happy with that. And if I manage to do that in three months, then I'm going to take the rest of the year off. You know, I'm not constantly going after it, going after it, because something gives. And that thing is your health and your understanding of, hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm having a good time here because you're never happy with what you've got. So long answer, but pretty much how I do it, I keep everything as simple as possible. I decide at the beginning of each year, what is my 
that's a nice figure to have bigger. And pretty much, I always say, if I earn more than I used to earn in corporate land, then job done, as far as I'm concerned. But then I've got the free time to take weeks off, months off and do whatever I want. So just before I ask you an interesting question on that, just playing a little bit of a devil's advocate, there's three points that I want to point out here for anyone listening. So what I've taken from that, from this journey here is, firstly, you need hustle. This is a difficult space to be in. It's not for the weak hearted, in my opinion. You need to have that grit. You need to have that level of working more hours, especially more than probably you're working in your nine to five. The second is humility, which I think is really, really important in terms of leaving your ego at the door. So I've had to do the same kind of stuff. I've had jobs, which I never thought I would have to do, but I've had to do it just to kind of pay my way for the next month. And at some stages I've had two or three jobs, literally working back to back. And it was difficult because I went from a corporate life where I had a brand new car on the drive, even though I was in London, but a car up north to the point where I had no car and I was literally skimping and saving just to try and make my life move forward. And then the final one is obviously if you have your niche and you have your business is to appeal to a particular target audience, which is what you're doing now. So based on all of that, then having left your nine to five and designing this life that you've done now, where you look back and you've kind of connected the dots, are you fulfilled and happy if, for example, you work three months a year, when you make that decision, I only need to work this many months and then the rest of the months I can do what I want? Or are you doing that as a kind of a necessity in order to get that time freedom back? I'm lazy. I am. And I like walking through the country. You know, at the moment, because of the sort of coronavirus for people that are watching this in 100 years time, there was an issue where we were told to stay indoors. Me and my wife every day, as soon as I finish this, we're going to go for a walk across the country park, isolating from people, you know. And I love the ability of that. I love the ability of going, I have work days and days that are non-negotiable. Now, I do accept, you know, reading between the lines, what you're saying is because my kind of business is I will teach you how to create a simple business, that I've actually got to live the business. You've, you've, you've got to live the lifestyle. Um, because then it becomes more powerful. So certain things that appeal to my customers are the fact that I don't do any social media. All I do is podcast, and then that's it. I don't go onto Facebook. I don't go onto Twitter. I don't do anything other than what I can just set up as a link once, and then it just does automatically. Um, and so I do, I, I do look for the opportunities of restricting as much as possible the systems, the things that people tell me that I have to do, like email marketing, can't be bothered to do email marketing. And I've done enough learning on that. But the first one goes out and then the second one goes out about an hour later. And then it says, you know, wait for three days and then you're going to get an offer. And then it drips out. Oh, for God's sake, you know, just talk to people. You know, you, you don't go into a shop. You shop. You go into a shop and you look around and then somebody comes along and says, you know, can I help you? And you say, oh, no, I'm all right at the moment. Or, yes, have you got this in that size? That's how I think it should work online. You know, you wouldn't get a shopkeeper come along and go, right, I'm going to be back in 10 minutes, and then I've got an offer for you. Um, so why why do we do this kind of drip, drip approach? People either want what you got or not. And so I do. I live my life looking for the lazy ways and the abilities to just turn off and turn off. And so, like, most months, I literally would say that, my computer is totally turned off and I don't have a phone. I don't have a tablet. I don't have any ability to be connected to once I walk away from here. And that's, um, 
Yeah, I think you've got to live it, don't you, Aaron? I think you've got Absolutely. to live it because otherwise people see through that and they just know that you're you're somebody that was working in an office on a Monday and then go, oh, I'm an Instagram expert on Tuesday. But but you, you're not, you're not. That's interesting to hear. And I think you're right. You do have to live it. Otherwise you will start seeing through the cracks of what people put online and their actual day-to-day life. So it's great to hear that you're in a great place. But also what I want to do is for anyone on this journey. So since I've started this 15 months ago, a lot of people have started their own things. So some people have started podcasting. Some people have gone into public speaking, for example, which is for me, I feel very, very proud that I've given somebody some element of hope and confidence that they've gone out and fulfilled their purpose. Now for these entrepreneurs, I can see that they're they're tired and I can see sometimes their energy isn't there and they're always asking me simple tips. How do you do it? So could you maybe tell people of your experience in relation to that, in terms of the burnout, what actually happened? Are you, what is acute burnout and how could people maybe not fall into the same kind of pothole as yourself with burnout? Acute burnout is the worst thing that I've ever come across. Honestly, I, we hear the word, oh yes, I'm almost on the edge of burnout all the time. And it's kind of like a badge of honor. And entrepreneurs are always talking about it. But if you sort of say to them, you know, okay, what is burnout? Tell me what burnout is. They can't really answer it. It's just kind of like a word. Now, I'll give you a summary of what burnout is. Burnout is basically that you're so physically exhausted but you haven't got enough energy in your body to operate. So your body starts eating itself. So it starts taking the energy out of the cells, um, out, out of the skin. Now, if you'd seen me three years ago now, I'm losing track of it. Yeah, about three years ago. Um, if, you, if you saw me when I started in Join Up Dots, right, first of all, I was young, fresh-faced. I had big, thick hair. You know, uh, I was sexually attractive. I really <laughs> was. Okay, David, uh, you look the same right now. Yeah, but I tell you what, I, <laughs> I I I couldn't walk past a mirror in those days. I really couldn't. Um, if you looked at me three years ago, people are saying to me now, "Oh, we were so worried about you. We were so worried about you." Well, they didn't say anything to me, but what I did was I so wanted it and so thought that I could take on the big boys without realizing that the big boys have got a team of Filipinos doing all their promotion and stuff. And they're not really doing much at all. I didn't realize what, where the competition was. And so I was going at it for like 20 hours a day, constantly, constantly. And I in the morning. And as soon as I woke up, I would like, you know, I was like het up. I could feel that I was burning. Um, and then weird things happened where I used to feel like I was fizzing where the adrenaline was pumping through me so much. And then my head started to get really hot, like, like sunburn. And I kept on going down to the doctors and saying to him, come oh, my head, it's really, really sore. And he said, you know, well, you know, I think you're overdoing it. Now, he should have said at that time, what are your hours? You know, how long are you doing? And actually broke it down. But he just said, you know, I think you're overdoing it. Take a bit of a break. Now, if you hit acute burnout like I did, where my hair dropped out, um, I literally was dropping down. You know, normally I'm about 12 and a half stone. I went down to about 10. Um, so I'd lost quite a lot of weight. I looked gray. I looked older than I did. And I, I just couldn't rest. 
And I would meet you, Aaron, for a drink, for example, and I would sit there and I could hardly drink a drink because I think I'm wasting time. I shouldn't be here. You know, I, I couldn't just relax. And it's taken me three years to get out of it. And I'm still not out of it. And the cholesterol went sky high. The uric acid went sky high. I had gout in my knees. I had gout in my feet. Um, I've still got a little bit of gout in my fingers and stuff. Uh, it is truly, truly dreadful. I say to people now, I would much rather have a heart attack and then be on my way back to recovery more than having this invisible uh, enemy, I suppose, that's inside of me. But A, I don't know it's inside of me, first of all, and then it gets hold of me and becomes me. And that was very, very difficult. That was difficult to free myself from. And uh, yeah, so it's... That's basically what it is when you're so tired and you're so run down that your body starts eating itself. Wow. So just on that then, so thank you for obviously explaining that. You mentioned something that I think is very, very apparent, which is wasting time. Um, when you're on this space, because obviously you're not earning a set salary and you're kind of, your results or your success is determined by how many hours you can actually put into it. You feel like anything you're doing that isn't moving the needle forward is a waste of time. And that could just literally be just sitting there and doing nothing. Um, which I think many entrepreneurs will go through. That's one thing. Was there anything else that maybe somebody who could be doing right now, not necessarily recognizing that this is going to lead them to a burnout as well? Was you looking after your health? Was you just doing the things that you should have been doing that you probably are doing now and just completely neglecting them? Is there anything else that maybe people should be aware of? I would say emotions. If, you know, I, I don't cry at all. I, I've gone through a lot of issues recently. My mum's had a major stroke and stuff. And my daughter keeps on saying, Dad, you don't cry. You don't cry at all. And I, I don't show emotion. Um, I don't know why, but it's something that's kind of just, just in me. Now, I started to, you know, I'd watch an advert and go, ooh, you know, and I'd start to, if you could say anything, and I'd think, oh, you're always going at me, Aaron. You know, well, why, why don't you just sod off, you know? And you might not have been saying anything at all. You know, and I, I went out for a drink with a couple of friends and they said, David, we're really worried about you. You know, you look terrible. You look this. And I, I, I basically came home to my wife and said, oh, that was a terrible night. All they were doing was picking on me all the time. And she said they were trying to be kind. They were trying to be kind. So when your emotions and the way that you react to things is so contra to how you normally are, where normally nothing really bothers me and it just sort of flies home. But it was like, Every comment cut in, every bit of energy just cut in. And that is one of the first things I would say. If you find yourself just not being yourself, then start to take a break. Just take a break. So now I sleep more than anyone I know. Um, <laughs> I, I still get up early. Like this morning I was at five o'clock, but I wake up and I look up and I get up. But I could go to bed at half seven at night you know, and half eight, I, I let my kids put me to bed now, you know, because I just think sleep is not wasted time. Sleep is actually the, the armor of every entrepreneur. So if anyone says to me, Oh, I only, I can operate on three hours a night. I'd say to him, you're an idiot because you might be able to at the moment, but in the future, you're not get your sleep, get your rest. And if you're sitting in the garden in an afternoon, not doing anything, but resting that's valuable time to build your business that that's not wasted time and that's when the ideas will come to you and you'll go ah 
yeah, I should be doing that. I can think of that. But in, in the hustle all the time, you, you, you don't do the right stuff. Absolutely. I, I love that answer. So being aware of your emotions, I think that is so, so crucial, as well as recognising that we need that time as well. I think we're in this period now, which you briefly mentioned, i.e. the corona period, which is probably going to be famous for many years to come, where many of us can't do much, especially for uh, people who normally go to a nine to five job, for example. And one of the things I've done pe- uh, for the last week or so is completely shut off, literally, other than record a podcast now. It's the first time I can remember since I was 25, so eight years ago, that I've actually had a weekend off. And it's really weird because I'll put Netflix on for the whole day. I've even dusted off the PlayStation, which I haven't played for like God knows how long. Uh, I literally bought it for like Blu-ray discs, which lasted about a year, I think. Um, And I've just been playing the PlayStation and just completely unwinding. But at the same time, I'm happy. I'm, I'm not stressed. I'm not anxious throughout the day. And I'm also very, very creative as well. So throughout the day, I'll be making tea, for example, just sitting with the wife and I'm like, oh, I've got a great idea here. And then all of a sudden I quickly jot it down. And I'm thinking now I've got this kind of book. It's actually behind here where there's at least 15, 16 ideas that I'm like, I can't wait to implement them. But for now, while we're stuck in this period of isolation, I'm just going to embrace it and I'm just going to enjoy it. So I think for many of us who have maybe been on this journey, maybe this has come at a right time for some of us to obviously avoid the burnout coming forward. Can, can I just jump jump in? Absolutely, absolutely. Please do. This is always by the side of my desk. And other than the four-hour work week, this is a book that I've read three or four times. And this basically gets you to look at your life and think, what's essential to me? And so for me, I realise essential is freedom, family, and just nothing. I, I can't actually say what it is. It's not doing this. It's not doing that. And just being free from it. And so I build everything that I do around this book. And I think if if any entrepreneurs haven't read this, then they should do, because I think that's a great one. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I will do is actually put that in the show notes as well, if anyone is interested in getting that. So that the book is uh, Essentialism. I think fantastic book. I read it, I think about three or four years ago as well. And you can see you actually lived that as well, because previously you were mentioning how you kind of take yourself away from the whole social media side and you just focus on the stuff that is important to you. And that's kind of all I want from the listeners. I want people to cut out the noise and focus in on themselves, not what people expect from you. I look in your heart, find out who you are as a person and work towards getting that. And can, so, I, can I jump also, in there? Can I jump in there? Please do, please do. For, for the listeners out there, I would say 19 19- of the noise that people are doing because they think they need to of posting Instagram images and Facebook and going, Oh, I'm doing this today. I'm doing that today. Does not bring any results into your business at all. Now, when I decided because of burnout, I was running the Facebook, I was doing Facebook live. I was doing this, I was doing that. And when I decided to shut down, people said to me, Oh, you know, should you be doing this? You know, your business will suffer made not a difference, not made nothing. Although it gave me nine hours free every day because of, you know, creating these simple images. So don't think that the noise actually will bring anything because it won't. Now, if you can get noisy in front of the right people, then that's great. But most of the time with Facebook and social media and Twitter and all that, you don't, you don't, you just blast it out and hope for the best. Complete waste of time. That's so true. I think I'm guilty of doing that myself and it's almost become a habit. And I think if one day I sit back and reflect on the mediums that I use, i.e. to get my word out, there's probably at least, I'd say four or five hours a week, which uh, I'm just wasting. And I'm sure many of us are all doing that. Yeah, interesting stuff. But it, it all pretty much is the same. 
it's all you know the, the learnings you know you know where your 20 percent is coming in your investment from that 80 percent, and it applies all the time i know like I, i'm a podcaster but i do very little podcast training because i used to but now people kind of think they can do it themselves yeah of course they can they can put a microphone up and record and put it out to the world my efforts bring my big rewards in my business course that's the one that I just focus in on um, and I don't worry about the other you know because I know what's the point that's a hard slog just go with the easy stuff absolutely it's food for thought um, I just want to segue ever so slightly back then David if I may so just before you mentioned your children can now put you to bed at half seven or eight o'clock I want to know what your day-to-day life is like then just for the listeners just to kind of put it into perspective that if with the right work, doing the essential things that you need to do in order to move yourself forward, you can be living a life similar to what you're living today. Yeah, this week's been a bit strange because I actually own a brick and mortar business as well. Okay, I don't actually operate it. But with the corona, I've had to look at certain government funding and we've closed down the business because the staff were at risk and stuff. So it's been a bit problematic. That normally doesn't come into my world at all. Um, So if we take that away, Saturday and Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, I don't do anything. And what I mean by that is I don't allow people to restrict my time. If I want to come up to my office and do stuff, I come up and I do two or three hours and, and talk around with stuff. Um, Wednesday is my preparation for my podcast. So I get up about eight o'clock in the morning and I would normally do the research and I, I do quite long introductions. So I squirrel around looking at LinkedIn and the websites and try to weave them into some kind of sense that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Thursday is my podcast day, three days a month. And then Friday predominantly is my coaching. Um, and I only try to have three clients at any one time because once again, I just like the ability to go, oh, it's a lovely day, let's go. And certainly in the first few years, I couldn't do that. My, my wife and family were going, oh, it's snowing, let's go sledging. Oh, I can't because I've got to do this, I've got to do that. That isn't how life should be. Life should be that you are present in the moment to experience what the moment is giving you. So as you said, I've just been sorting out my house and doing stuff because with the sort of coronavirus, I think the, the home depot places and the, you know the decorating businesses they're going to make a fortune because we're all trapped at home thinking oh we should do that job and we should do this and we should do that um and i said to my wife just before i came up here because i haven't been up to my office for about a week and a half now i said i'm looking forward to this but i've lost the enthusiasm for my business because there's so much other stuff that i quite fancy doing you know um and that's where i think that you you have to look out because once the motivation goes, it's quite difficult to get it back. But I think that's a better way of operating because when you do come back into the office, you go, oh, I'm ready for this. This is different from what I've been doing in co- instead of that constant, you know, oh, every day, every day. No, I can't do this because I've got this person to talk to. I've got that connection to make and stuff, you know. Um, so it's, it's a very lazy, structured life, as I say. Wednesdays you can speak to me Thursdays you can speak to me if I'm not doing anything um but pretty much all the other days are restricted I absolutely love that so it's funny because um the isolation now I think we're a couple of days in and the world seems to be uh, panicking and everyone's like on board I've got nothing to do and me and the wife were laughing because we're naturally introverted people anyway and I was like well my life hasn't changed at all and uh, another thing is I don't now have to 
feel like I need to be in certain places, i.e. to network or to connect with people. I've kind of got an excuse for the next three weeks. So for somebody like myself, it's fantastic. And that's probably the life that I suppose me and the wife are trying to work towards as well, because again, we all need to achieve a certain level of finance to live the life that we want to live. And for me, it's always kind of been, I would rather earn a little bit less, but get those days back. I'd rather eat, uh, earn a lot less. I really would. You know, if I, Absolutely. If I, I say to people, if I can pay all my bills and have a curry every night, every time I fancy it, you know, and a walk in the countryside, that's, that's it. You know, where I, I, I spend a ton of money is when I go off on holiday. And my my family always laugh. They say, Dad, you're so tight at home. But when you go away, it's come on, we're on holiday. Let's do this. Let's do that. Because that's important to me. You know, I can't think of anything worse than going off on vacation and then not doing anything because you're there trying to save cash. You know, Um, I've just come back from Iceland and we've been in Iceland for a week. Amazing place. Brilliant place. You know, a beer was so expensive. I didn't care, you know, because you're on holiday. You can't think about those kind of things. Um, So, but while I'm here, I always say, you know, as long as I've got enough to keep the roof over my head, that's that's good enough for me. And it's, it's a mindset thing. It's a mindset that means that you're not chasing, you know, what comes into your world comes into your world. And when you are that relaxed, um, without being all law of attraction and woo-woo and stuff, generally the good things happen anyway. You know, generally that's when you look at your email and somebody says, oh, I want to work with you. I want to do something. You know, it's when you're trying to go, oh, you know, oh, I need something. I need something. I need something. You're not going to get it. Okay, David, so what we're going to do now is segue into what I like to call the fun part of the show. So I'm going to put you through your paces now and ask you the most random questions for the best part of 60 to 90 seconds. So are we ready? Right, I'm focused, I'm focused. Okay, we're going to go in three, two, one. Okay, David, what is your favourite hobby? Uh, Doing nothing. Your biggest mistake last year? I invested in something that I had no reason to invest in. I just thought I was going to make a bit of money. Stupid. Your proudest achievement? My family. Your favourite motivational speaker? I like the Steve Jobs quote that I play on my show every single day. Never get bored of that. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? In bed. The best lesson anyone has ever taught you? Do less. Do less, but do it better. I think that's actually in this book here, actually, on there. Not wasting any time. Yeah, do less, but what you do better. Do it better. Yeah. I love that. If you could get the listeners to do one thing after this show, what would it be? Go and enjoy the sunshine. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Donald Trump. Although he's fun to watch as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose he's entertaining. Yeah. Um, other than that book that you've got in your hand now, what is your favourite book? I think the four hour work week, really. Or I've just started reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Um, yeah, yeah, about being totally present and not worrying about the past and the future and stuff. Um, so that could well be my best book. How are you finding it? How far are you into that book? Uh, two pages. I've just, I've just started it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I think I started that about six years ago and I, and I was falling asleep. I was listening to the audible version. Yeah. Uh, but I think I need to be in the right frame of mind yeah. for it. So I might give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Other than podcasting, what are you secretly good at that nobody knows? I, c- I can play the piano. Okay. The ability to read minds or predict the future. Read minds would be good, especially in a house full of women. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Who is your biggest role model? My dad, I think. My dad's 82. He's fit as a fiddle. He's out there all the time. I think, yeah, if I could be like him, yeah, good. David, what would you like to be remembered for? Just being a nice person who's tried his best. Your favourite colour? Yellow. Nice sunny colour. If you could sit with one person, dead or alive, for an hour, who would it be? 
you. I'd, I'd sit, I'd sit with you, Thank and you. yeah, I'd sit with you in a beer, beer place, and you know, absolutely social distancing. But um, yeah, but, <laughs> but I would sit with you at the moment. Thank you, thank you. Two two meters, and uh, I think we'd have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. The ability to fly or be invisible. Oh, uh, invisible! Un- unless I could fly really quick, you know, so you can go. Oh, let's go to New York. Boom, and I'm there. That would be brilliant. But if it's the same speed as what we're having now, um, no. The number one thing that annoys you. Time wasters. Uh, this is it. My wife spends all the time saying, oh, oh, I haven't got time. But I always say, you've got time to do what you want, but you haven't got time to do what you don't want. So she can always find time to go out with her mates having a drink. But she, yeah, so time wasters. And finally, David, what song best describes your life? Happy, really. You know, yeah. Um, so something that's just, you know, or go with the flow. Just, just do that. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned through everything. And to summarize the whole episode is the more you push against something, you're pushing against the wrong thing. You know, if you're trying to make a door, then find a door that's already been made and walk through it. And I think that's where I struggled. I was just trying to push against things where actually I should have just walked away from them. But this is too much effort. Wise words. Well, we are at the end of the fun part of the show. So now just two more questions, if I may, David, just as we kind of close down the show. Yeah. So the next question is about reflection. So I'm a firm believer that hindsight teaches us amazing things. We can learn ways to get to where we are quicker, easier, or with less heartache. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer that the journey also teaches us a lot as well. So what I want to know is if you could maybe go back to a young David and whisper something in his ears, knowing everything that you know now. What would you say? Don't get involved with that Spanish girl. She turned out to be mental. <laughs> and any serious answers, or is that really that, that would be the that would be the one? That, that there was a relationship that I was in, and uh, right, okay. she was very very attractive. But on the equal level of attractiveness, she was just mental, and um, it, it caused a lot of issues. So yeah, I, I, I know you wanted a business answer, <laughs> but that is the one thing that I wish I could go back in time and just say, That's fine. just walk away from. <laughs> I'm sure in the 7 billion people in the world, there's probably one person about to get into a relationship with a crazy Spanish lady. So if you are listening, please do obviously stay away. And then finally, David, the last question is about legacy. So if in 150 years time, science fails to save us all and all that exists is a book and this book is about you. It's written about your life and all of the amazing and wonderful things that you've done and achieved. Firstly, what I want to know is what would the title of the book be? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? I think the sum, the title would just be join up the dots. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm an absolute believer in this. When I started my podcast, I just kind of had this idea come to me. And I remember sitting with my mate and saying, I'm going to call this show Join Up Dots. He said, what does that actually mean? I said, well, it's that Steve Jobs kind of speech, you know. He said, that's called Connect the Dots. And I said, yeah, but I can't get that URL. I'm going to call it Join Up Dots instead. Uh, but as I've led the life, I'm now an absolute believer. I'm a believer in you don't create a life, you live a life. And all the experiences, good or bad, give you the tools to move forward to the next stage. So that would be it. I I would call it join up the dots. Um, And the summary on the back would pretty much say, you know, if you're reading this book, put it down and go and live life. I love that. I love that little paragraph that you just said there, that we don't create a life, we live a life. It's not good for marketing, to be honest, because people would pick that book up <laughs> and go, yeah, just there, but who, yeah. who cares? No, absolutely. But it's a great message for uh, the listeners of this podcast. And I think it's a lesson that we should all maybe just take on a little bit more seriously as well, because we often, we spend so many hours, I mean, we spoke about it on this episode, just gone 
doing the things that really aren't moving us forward or aren't fulfilling us or making us happy. And if we can just kind of strip that down, I just think the world would just be a lot happier. So uh, thank you for that answer. And Join Up Dots would be, I'm sure, a great celeb. So I'm sure it's probably resonated with many, many people. And it is something that every single one of us can look back at. I mean, it was a question on reflection that I just mentioned. When you look back, knowing everything that you know now, things only make sense, obviously, once you join up the dots. uh, And do you know, I've never bought an Apple device in my life. I've, people always say to me, oh, your house must be full of wow. a- apple. And I say, well, I eat an yeah, a- absolutely. apple and that's about it. Yep. Yeah, never once. I don't think I've even wow. stepped into an apple store. Wow. Well, you saved yourself a lot of money there. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably a wise decision. Absolutely. Okay, David. So just before I give you a chance to connect with the audience, are there any questions that you may have wished that I had asked you today or anything else you want to leave the listeners with? How can you be so attractive at your age? That would have been a good one. Um, why is your microphone so much smaller than mine? That would be another one that I've been pondering all the time. Uh, no, the, the number one question that people ask me, you touched on, and that's, that's the, the less is more. How can you run a business that seems like it's not a business but gives you a lifestyle? And I always come back to it, as we say, if you speak the right language to the right people, you don't need a lot of bells and whistles. You really don't. And also, just jumping on, with all the social media stuff, people have missed the point. And this is a big lesson for all you business people out there. Your website isn't isn't your hub to say how sexy you are. It's your ability to then own traffic so that you can then speak to them. Okay, so people are building Instagram and building this and building that. And they're just kind of allowing the traffic to sit over there or over there or over there. It's got to be on your hub. It's got to be your home. So that if you do send an email out, you can speak to the people. If you do do a podcast, you can speak to people. That's where I think people are struggling, where they're building up all these silos, but the silos aren't actually getting back. It's all outward social speaking. And when they have something to say, people don't hear it because they're in the wrong place. That's obviously something for myself as well, because I think I designed my website about five or six years ago, just bored on a weekend. And it makes no sense. I mean, I never really go on it. I don't update it, to be honest. I update the Find Your Voice podcast website just with show notes and stuff. And I've taken on your advice that you kindly gave me as well at the end of our last discussion. But it's something that I need to think about as well, because it literally is just random photos. I've just kind of merged together a bit of this and that. And what we need to do is almost think, from a consumer's perspective or from a listener or from a customer, what do they want to see? Nobody just wants to see a photo, for example, of me just sitting there with my abs out, for example, which I thought at that time was the most genius idea. But you live and learn. And this is something that I'm sure many of us are going to one day look back and think, bloody hell, that was a stupid dot to place there. But again, it's life and it's something that I think that's invaluable information you're given there. So thank you for that. And to ensure that people don't do this, and maybe there's some people out there that just need somebody to hold their hand, and I know you can help them with this. What's the best place people can connect with you, maybe learn from you, more business tips, or maybe even work with you on a one-to-one basis? It's going to be a strange answer based on what I've just said, but joinupdots.com. That's where everyone can connect. You can book a time to speak to me. It's as simple as that. And I will speak to you one-to-one. And you don't have to buy anything from me. I'm just here to help. And I know that the more people that I help, the more money I make anyway. But you don't have to give me a penny and I will still give you time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great to finally have you on the show again as an avid listener. And also thank you for obviously having me on your show as well. I urge every single person to go out firstly to listen to the podcast. 
You're going to be there for ages. I'm not sure how many episodes you got. 2,100 or something. Well, 2,000 episodes. And every single one, it's a different perspective from a person. But again, the same kind of principles, especially the more recent ones apply, i.e. less is more. And really trying to design that life and just finding the avatar as you use so well throughout your show. So thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for obviously spending time today. I'm sure you had many other things to be doing during this isolation period. And for everyone else at home, thank you so much for listening. And please do check out joinupdots.com after this, which I will put in the show notes as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.